Amen. Amen. Good evening. You know what we're going to do before we start? Look at what the Lord has done. Give him praise and glory. He is wonderful. I am in awe of what the Lord has done. You know, we are calling this not a sanctuary, but a living room. And the reason why? Well, for two reasons. This ministry, this church began in a living room, in my living room. And uh, as we are here, well, I, I, want to, I want us to know that whenever we come here, or whenever we invite someone here, it, it's a place that they're coming to live, you know, to experience life, to experience God who gives life. And, and so, uh, you know, as we have been preparing for this day to move into, finally, after two years of dealing with the city and a whole lot of other things, um, as we... Come to this moment. It's really not so much while we celebrate this, this building, uh, what the Lord has done. Really, it's about the Lord. And I don't want us to miss that because it's kind of like a Super Bowl. You know, you win the Super Bowl, but what's next? Listen, if you don't have God, you don't have anything. And so while we do enjoy this, uh, this, this building that the Lord has provided, man, it's all about Him. And so I want us to continue to praise Him. Um, this evening... We're taking a, a short break from our regular uh, survey through the book of Psalms just to, to kind of stroll down memory lane, to, to look at what the Lord has done, how he began this work, and, and even look forward to what he will do. And so I want to, uh, you know, again, just bring us there. And, and it's important that we stop and pause and reflect and praise. And so... Uh, if you would join me, one last word of prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord, again for what you have done. We are in awe, Lord, that you will take this little church, Lord, and you're doing great things. And, Lord, as we continue to wait upon you, we know that you will do even greater things in our midst, Lord. And so, Father, as we just take the time to reflect on what you have done, I pray you bless our time, that you will speak to our hearts, Lord, and, and get us excited, Lord, about the great things that you will do uh, before you return. So, Father, we bless you, and uh, we pray that you bless our, our time in the Word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to turn really quick, if you have your Bible, to Joshua chapter 4. And by the way, I have the kids staying, so if, if they're bothering you, well, that's too bad, because this is a family, and... And the kids are going to cry, and they're going to make noise, but that's okay. So uh, moms, don't feel bad. Um, so I want to look at Joshua chapter 4. I want to read just a couple of verses here. And it came to pass, verse 1, when the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourself twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourself twelve stones from here, 
out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet uh, stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had opened, uh, uh, appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone uh, on his shoulder, according to the numbers of the tribes of the children of Israel, that they may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them and uh, that the waters of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, then the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Now, pause right there. If you know the story where the Israelites finally, finally crossed over the Jordan. They had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years uh, trying to get into this promised land. And of course, we know the Lord is doing a work in them. For some, he purged them and got rid of them because they were murmuring. But you see, as they now cross over this Jordan, as the waters, as, as the priest's feet touched the water, the water parted, and they, well, they crossed over in dry land. And while they're in the middle of the Jordan, the Lord t- told them, take some stones and carry it over to the other side and place there uh, as a memorial so that when your children, which is so important, when your children, because why people forget quick, children forget quick. So when your children ask, what, what is these stones for? Listen, let me tell you what God has done. Let me tell you of the goodness of God. And that is a story. We see it in Joshua. But listen, in every generation, in every church, every century, the Lord does a work. And he wants us to always go back, as he will even say for the Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance. Remember the things that I have done. And so as we take this time, again, I want us to go through memory lane. For some of you who have been with us from the beginning, others kind of along the way, some of you probably just, just started with us. And so I want to take you back because it's important to look back so you can see where we're going. And this, what we're doing, is not a work of man, it's the work of God. So I'm going to take you back to where this ministry started. Well, it kind of started... Back in Fort Lauderdale, where myself, my wife, Gigi, uh, we had a Bible study, a couple's Bible study in our home. And as we were studying, we actually uh, were going through a book, uh, a study called uh, Crown Financial uh, Studies. And, and there we were going through how to make sure that we're being good stewards of the finances that God has given us personally. You know, how, how we can manage our money, how we can get out of debt. And in one of the studies, Victor and, and Hope uh, and um, Carol and Hayden and a couple of other friends, close friends, we were in that group. And, and the word, the name Jacksonville came up. Jacksonville? Well, I have a brother that lives up here. I really didn't care too much about Jacksonville. 
But that night, it just sounded so good. And so what we did, we arranged a date, and it's interesting, it's in, I believe it was October of 2005 that we took a trip to Jacksonville, and we pretty much covered every corner of Jacksonville looking for our house and seeing what it would cost, and we went to the north, we went to the west, and we came down all the way to the area, Oak Leaf, uh, right behind the town center there. And while we were just searching around, of course, the Lord was leading us. He was speaking to us. He was guiding us. And I don't want to go into all of the details, but even there, uh, while we were traveling to one of the places that we say, you know what, maybe have some nice houses there. You know, we visited it before, the day before. We say, let's go back and see. Maybe we'll purchase some houses there so each of our families can have a house. And so while we're traveling down Normandy, we had prayed, Lord, if this is not your will, close the door. And there we are traveling down Normandy, and this police car passed in front of us. And as he went ahead of us, he went to this light in front of us, and he stopped And there he started directing the traffic to go left. You see, the place that we were going for was right beyond the traffic light. And he said, turn left. And it was like, okay, (laughs) what does this mean? Well, we prayed, but yet we were surprised that the Lord would block the, the road. And so we pulled over to the side of the road. We were in two different cars. And we said, when I say we, Victor and Hope, as well as my wife and, and myself, and so we, we pulled over to the side of the road and said, well, gosh, police stopped us. What should we do? And I thought, I had this brilliant plan. Maybe we will go around. Listen, when I said those words, you know what came to my mind? Maybe I will be going around the will of God. Wow. And I thought that to myself, but I said, nah, I want to go anyway. So we went all the way around, came back up in Normandy, go, coming from going uh, this time east, and when we got to the place uh, where we can turn into the property, there was an accident right beyond it, but there's a police officer right in front of the property, and we said, officer, we want to get in there. He looked behind. There was no traffic. There was no road blockage. He said, nope, keep going. And, And at that moment, we thought, wow, this must be God. And so we ended up going to another property called Hawks Point, and there we were in the parking lot, and as we were there going in again, Lord, we prayed, Lord, if you want us to, to go there, if you want us to go into this property, Lord, you make it clear to us. And at that moment, uh, Victor's wife, Hope, she was with child at that time, and, and she went to the back of, her, of their car, and as she opened the car door, her Bible fell out. And it opened to a place that she keeps turning to. Every time she opened her Bible on this, on this trip, she kept turning to First Chronicles chapter 17. And there, I'm not going to read it for time's sake, but there, as she opened the book, she came around the, the car crying, and Gigi went to see her and, and say, what's going on? Well, I keep opening to this, this page. And, and, and when she read it to us, when she read it, it was talking about David saying, I want to build you a house, God. And the Lord said, David, you're not going to build me a house. I will build you a house. We're like, wow. And in there, it read that, David, I have taken you from among the sheep to lead my people Israel. 
And listen, if you have never heard God speak, I know the Lord spoke to me at that moment. I know it was not about a house, but it was, the Lord was calling me to ministry. I, 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 it, was, it was so clear. And I, I struggled with that because I, I had really no experience besides home Bible studies, uh, no experience besides, you know, being a deacon at uh, Calvary Fort Lauderdale. But I knew the Lord was calling me, and I, I wrestled with that until, well, you see, it was a year later that as we purchased a property, a house there, uh, and we moved into the property um, there on November, and I think it was Jada's birthday that weekend, and uh, we went to her birthday, and as we were there, Hope spoke to me again and said, Alan, when are you going to start this, pro- this Bible study? I thought to myself, the Lord, I know you. <laughs> you really want me to do this. That was a Saturday night, so Sunday morning I got up and I opened my Bible and I was murmuring, Lord, are you sure you want me to do this? I, I, I can't even speak. And as I opened my Bible, there I am in Exodus where Moses is saying, Lord, you sure you got the right person? I can't even speak. And I just snicker because I know the Lord was saying, Alan, you're not going to get out of this one. And so there I prepared my first Bible study, and we, we had church there in the living room. And, and so, you know, it, that's where it began. And in 2008, in November, it seemed like everything is around November, October, November, but in November of 2008, we established the church as we filed our papers on November 5th, and I remember that day because that was my mom's birthday, and, uh, you know, we established the church on November 5th, and from there, in 2010, we, uh, it was February 21st, to be exact, we went from the living room over to Oakleaf into their small athletic center club room, and while we were there, it was a small room, and so being a small room and having children in the room, man, it was tough, and so you know, with the children, we kind of took them out to have children ministry outside. But in June and July, it's pretty hot, if you know what I mean. It's hard to do ministry outside in the elements. And so we, again, prayed, Lord, what is your will? We, we would love to move to another place, but it's just a couple of us families. And we can't afford it. have the bigger banquet room in, in Oakley, but we can't afford $800 a week. Lord, that's just too much. And so as we were praying, as I were praying and seeking the Lord one morning, as I was reading just through Exodus, I was reading, and if you ever read the Bible and it just went over your head because there's a lot of things going through your mind, and that's what was going on in my mind, and I stopped, I paused, I said, Lord, I'm reading, but I have a problem, and I need you to show me, I need you to talk to me. Our children, they are... Outside in elements, we, we want to move forward, but Lord, we can't afford to move forward. Please, Lord, speak to me. And as I said that short prayer, and now I look down in my Bible, and there Moses is saying to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, well, Moses, you may go, and you, you, you may take the grown adults, but leave the children behind. And of course, Moses said, no, we're all going. And that was the Lord speaking to me, saying, no, go out into this, this, this venture, into this bigger property. And so we took that step of faith, and 
it was kind of discouraging when we got there because after we got there, the handful of people that were attending the church, they started to dwindle. They started to fall away. And, and of course, you know, it started to worry. It's like, oh, Lord. But I remember this one thing. When God, before God multiplies, he subtracts. <laughs> and so while we were there, it was again in October. It was actually this past weekend in October of 2011, that we were just kind of just hanging on. We can't really afford to stay in this building, you know. We were running out. And that, that weekend, Craig walked through the door, Craig and Karen, and it was like, there is hope. <laughs> there is hope. And the following week, we had Brian and Lynn. They joined us, and Jesse uh, joined us that weekend with Brooke and little Harley. And and things started to look up. You know, we started getting a little encouragement there. And the Lord continued to do that work in us. Again, it, it, was, it was a step of faith. But listen, it was a step of faith that God led us into. Just keep that in mind. It's the Lord that led us to do that. Now, going forward, we started, well, if you remember, those of you who were there, that room that we were in, the banquet room, it was pretty big for a little church. And our children ministry was about maybe five children. And there they are, we took a picture of them, you know, around the table, and they were in a big, you know, it's kind of like a big fish in a little sea or a little, <laughs> you know, it was a big room for the little kids. And, and then we had that outreach, that Easter outreach, and listen, that changed everything. Now, what seemed so big, now we're thinking, where, what are we doing with all of these children? And, and the noise level, of course, became so great. And, and there we are again, Lord, we have a problem. And what are we going to do? And we started to look. We looked at a couple of storefront properties, but, man, the space was kind of small and the price was kind of big. And so we prayed and we waited and we prayed and we waited and, and then we saw this property. It was a two-acre property. It wasn't even for sale, but we just, you know, called up the, the, uh, the uh, owner and said, hey, we want to give you an offer. And we gave them an offer, and they turned it down, and they didn't give us a, you know, a counter, but we gave them another offer. They turned it down. We were like, all right, Lord, I'm backing off, you know. We want you. If We, we always pray, Lord, close the doors that you don't want us to walk through. Open the doors that you want us to walk through. So we took that as, Lord, let me just, let, let us just back off a little. And not, not too far over, there was a 10-acre piece of property, just raw land. And so we, again, said, Lord, if this is your will, open the door. And so we, we prayed and we put in an, another offer. And when we did that, well, they turned us down again. We gave another counter, another offer. They turned it down. So we backed off again, Lord. We, we don't want to go forward without you. And so as we did that, I remember we were going through the book of, of uh, Numbers at that time. And there it is that Moses was telling uh, Joshua and, uh, and some others to go into the promised land. Go and spy out the land. And of course, they went in and, and uh, ten of the the spies came back and said, oh, it's too much giants in there. And, oh, it's great, big grapes, but, man, we can't handle this. But Joshua came back and said, no, we can, man. They're, they're grasshoppers. You know, we, we, we're going to take them. But listen, we did that Bible study, and the next morning I woke up. And as I was seeking the Lord, the Lord said, 
didn't you hear what I say? Go spy out the land. Go spy it out. Oh, you were speaking to me, Lord. And so I got on the computer and I just went to a couple of websites and just looked at some properties. And guess what? I saw this one property here. And, and it was like, wow. Well, it don't look too, you know, good from the pictures. They had an aerial shot. It, kind of, it just didn't look good. But the Lord said, go, go check it out. And so as I took the time and it was a Thursday afternoon, I grabbed Hannah and Mike and we just came out. And as soon as I drove onto this property, I knew that this is where the Lord will have us to go. And so as, as I, 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 you know, contacted the realtor and found out who the owner was, and, and of course there were some challenges. Number one, we had the, the price of the property was high. Uh, the owner of the property was a Jehovah Witness, so we were saying, oh my, they definitely won't want a church in here. Um, you know, and so there are some, some challenges. There are challenges that we face, but you know, what I'm learning, and I'm still learning this, what I look at and what you and I look at as challenges, they're only opportunities for God. They're opportunities. And sometimes we're saying, oh, this will never happen. But God is saying, oh, you just don't know. I will make it happen because I am the one that's doing the work. And so, of course, we put in an offer and, and they accepted our offer and we started moving forward. But again, challenges, more opportunities, I should say. The city, for two years, We've been dealing with the city, going back and forth, trying to, to make it right so that they can say, all right, you can go forward to build. And, and while we are going through this, listen, every time we come back, every time they come back, then it's ching the price is going up with what it will cost to develop this property. But God is faithful because while we're going through it, he's been providing. And he already have provided you know, oftentimes we will, we will say, God, where am I going to get? Well, listen, am I not the one <laughs> that owns the cattle on the thousand hills? If I want to speak things into existence, I can. And what I have learned from the Lord is that he will often wait till the last moment, the 11th hour. Why is he doing that? Why does he wait? Listen, he's doing a work in your life. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Yes, Lord, I trust you, but, but... No, do you trust me? You see, you can say you trust the Lord all day long, but what is your action? How do you respond when things are not going the way that you think it should go? See, the Lord knows how to reveal the, what's in our hearts. Sometimes he let us wait. He gives us challenges. And oftentimes we give credit to, the, to Satan for, oh, Satan, you're doing this. But sometimes the Lord just saying, I want to allow you to see what's in your heart so I can work in you. And so we, again, went through the process of the city, and here we are. Praise the Lord. He has given us this, this property, and, and, and wow, what a work. And, you know, in the weeks to come, we're going to probably put up all of the pictures from the beginning to the end just to see what the Lord has done, how this has transformed you know, even just today, we're rushing to get the carpets in. You're, you're still on wet glue, you know. <laughs> Trying to put it together. But God is faithful. I want to do something. Well, First Kings chapter 8. 
First Kings chapter 8, I'm going to look at verse 14. But before we go there, I, I want to kind of bring you up to speed of what's happening here. When the Lord spoke to David and said, David, you're not going to build me a house. I will build you a house. Again, that's what we call this a living room. This, this is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord's house. But when he told him that, he said, you won't build me a house. Your son, someone from your own body, will build me a house. And he's speaking of, of Solomon. And so David is passed on, and now Solomon, his son, is now building the temple for God. And before that, of course, God was in this tabernacle, a, a tent, you know. It was nothing fascinating. It wasn't nothing glorious about it. But Solomon was going to build this temple, and it was going to be a beautiful building, covered with gold and, and just a marvelous thing, you know. And so here it is that Solomon is finished building this temple. And in verse 14, Solomon said, Then the king turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel who all, uh, while all the assembly of Israel was standing. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who spoke with his mouth to my father David and with his hands uh, had fulfilled it, saying, Since the day that I brought my people of Israel out of Egypt, I have chosen uh, no city from any tribe of Israel in which, I, uh, which to build a house that my name might be there, but I chose David to be over my people Israel. See, David, uh, excuse me, Solomon, he blessed the whole assembly. And I wanted to just stop and pause again because this is a journey that we're in. But while the journey, in a sense, have began in my living room, it was not at all about me. It was never all about me. It's, it's about the, the people of God. And each person here have a part to play in it. You know, I, I, um, some of you don't know Sarah, and sorry if I embarrass you, but Sarah is a part of this journey. And this property that we are on, well, Sarah lives right across the street, and she was, been, she was praying that God would do a work in this neighborhood. That God would do a work, and I believe that this is an, a, this is a, an answer prayer that God has established his house here that we can reach people in this neighborhood for, with the message of the gospel for Christ. You know, each person here, you know, young or old, whether you, 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 you give financially, whether you come and do uh, some work, some labor, whether you volunteer, you are part of this work. And so while we are, are going to praise the Lord, I want to thank each person here. And you all know what you have done. And, you know, I, I look at you guys, again, as family. This is not a, you know, acquaintance. This is a, this is a family. And I want to thank each person for all that you have done and bless you guys for it. But also, I want to, again, thank God for what he has done. And look, look um, at verse 22 this time. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of, of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven 
And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven above or on the earth below like you who keeps your covenant and uh, mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. You have kept what, I, what your, uh, would you promise your servant David, my father, you have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hands as it is this day. So here it is, the, Solomon stood and blessed the Lord. And he said that the Lord has done what? Well, he kept his promise. And that's something that we need to always remember and hold on to, that God is a God of promises. And whenever we, we open his word, you know what we're supposed to do? Look for the promises of God. Lord, what are you telling me? What are you speaking to me? And when you hear it, when, you, when he speaks to you, hold on to, your prom, uh, to those promises. Guess what? Because God is going to fulfill them. And oftentimes, again, we, we go through so much heartache and pain, and the Lord already said, I'm going to take care of this. But yet we're stressing out. I believe we just like stressing out because why would we stress when God says, I'm going to do it? Yes, it's going to be hard, but he's going to take care of us. And so Solomon blesses the Lord. He thanked the Lord. And I want to thank God for, for what he has done, again, for his provision. You know, even the time that we spend in Oakleaf, I mentioned that the, the rent there was going to be $800 a week. And when I, when I prayed, Lord, do you want us to go into this building? He's, I, you know, I, I, I believe that the Lord spoke to me. So I went to the property manager there and, 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 you know, to pay the rent for the small building. And she, I said, Lord, I don't want to bring it up. If she offers me to, uh, a lower price, then I will know it's you for sure. And so when, when I sat down with her, she said, hey, you know, do you like the other property? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Can't afford it. You know, I didn't tell her that. But she said, how would you like to go over there? I'll give it to you for $200 a week. Wow. Lord, you are good. And because we were able to be in that property for $200 a week, listen, we didn't have um, utilities. We didn't have a whole lot of other expensive. And that allowed us to save. Listen, when we went to the bank and the bank looked at us and said, gosh, you guys are a small church, but wow, how much money do you have in the bank? They were amazed because for the size of our church, other churches that two or three or four times the size of our church were all in debt. They had nothing to show. But yet the Lord has been faithful to us. And he allowed us in through that, this property that we had, but we were able to save a whole lot. So I thank God for for his provision of that property. I also thank him for his guidance. Again, as I, I mentioned, how he guided us through, you know, from one place to another and, and, and you know, all the things that, that had to be in line, in place, he guided us. Even for the, you, know, you guys know of Sembo, you know, of course, we didn't want to go back to the bank for a second loan, but we needed to raise up a, some more money to buy furnitures and finish up the inside of this property. And, and the Lord brought this company called Semble along. Again, I didn't look for them. They came to me. The Lord sent them. And wow, what a, a blessing that the Lord has done. I also want to thank God for his promises. Again, Solomon described his promises. And, and I'm not going to go through the, you know, read the whole thing. But verse 26 to 30 
verse 27 to 36, Solomon asks some questions. I will read just the first one in verse 27. He says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heavens of the heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple which I have built. You know, Dave, uh, Solomon is asking, can, can God fit in this box that we built for him? You know, of course, he had doubts. You know, God is the creator of this universe. How can he fit in a little building? And Solomon goes on and he, he, he asks other questions. You know, will people be justified? You know, will sins be forgiven? Will, will healing be granted? Will foreigners come in to know God? Will... will, will Will God fight our battles? Will people be delivered from bondage? Listen, he asks all these questions, and for all of those things, in that temple, well, maybe not, but in this temple, yes. Why? Because God is with us. God is not in the building. He is in this building. He is in your building. He dwells in us, not a brick and mortar, not a building, not stuck or steel. He dwells in us. And so while we have a chance to congregate in this building, listen, sins will be forgiven. People will walk down these aisles and give their life to the Lord. People will be healed from their sickness and their, uh, their disease. People will be freed and, and you know, free from bondage. Their lives will be restored in this house. Why? Because, again, God dwells in us, the church, not the building. Listen, we should be getting more excited about us than this property. Yes, we get to gather here, praise the Lord. But, man, look at each other. God is in you. God is in us. And when we speak, man, people will hear God's voice when we allow him to work in us and and fill us with his his love and his, his Holy Spirit. God will do a great work, and there's no doubt. So I I thank God for his promise. And then lastly, I want to, before we go any further, just dedicate this property back to the Lord. You know, when, when God gives us something, Lord, we give it back to you. And I love that song we sang earlier, Lord, it's it's your breath in my lungs. So I pour out my praise. And that's what we're doing. Lord, you have given this to us, but Lord, now we give it back to you. That you, Lord, will do a work. That you will glorify yourself. And Lord, that we'll be able to watch and just glorify you of all the awesome things that you are doing and will do. And so I want to, you know, close our time just thanking God, but also dedicating him, dedicating this property to him. Let me read verse 62 and 63 before I do that. Then the king king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord. And Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offering, which he offered to the Lord 22,000 bulls and 100 and 20,000 sheep, so the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. On the same day, the king consecrated the middle of the court, what was in front of the house of the Lord, 
For there he offered burnt offerings, grain offerings, and fat of peace offerings, because the bronze altar that was before the Lord was too small to receive the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the fat of the peace offering. Do you hear that? They offered so many thousands of bulls and sheep, thanking God for what he has done. So we have some bulls out back. (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. Listen, all we have to do is offer our praise. God is not looking for a sacrifice, a bull, a sheep. He just loved for his children to say, Lord, thank you. And so that's why we, we spend a little extra time just praising the Lord in worship earlier today. Just pouring out our praise and just thanking him. And, and let this not be, you know, just something we do today, but let us always, again, as Joshua was told, set those stones aside that we will look back every time we walk in this building. Lord, you have done this great work. You have done it, and we're going to worship you. So if you would join with me in prayer, let's just dedicate this property back to the Lord for his glory. Father, we thank you as we went back, Lord, and just look at your faithfulness, your faithfulness to your promise. Lord, you are the God who keeps your word. And whenever you say something, Lord, you, you make sure that you do it. And we have seen your faithfulness in the past. And Lord, and what would you do in the future? Lord, as we again just looked at some of these promises, Lord, bondages, Lord, sins forgiven. Lord, we can go on with these things, Lord. And we know that you will do it. And so, Lord, we are eager. We're looking forward with anticipation, Lord, of what you will do in this property and in our lives and through our lives. And so, Lord, as we thank you for it, Lord, we again dedicate and set this property aside for you to use, for your holy use. Lord, that people walk on this property, Lord, and they will sense your presence. They will sense your love. Lord, that they will sense your peace. Lord, we give it back to you, Lord, and ask that you do with it as you please. Father, we pray again for even this community that we live in. Lord, there's hundreds of, of homes that are here, and we know that there are thousands of lives in each of them. Lord, and, and we look at our world, and we know that there are a lot of broken people, a lot of broken homes. And Father, you brought us here for a reason. You brought us here, Lord, and We just ask that you will just open up now the doors of these homes that we may be able to minister your gospel to them, the medicine from heaven, Lord, and that people will be saved and restored. We pray that you will just use even this property again to be a place, a living room, Lord, an extension of their home, Lord, where they can come and experience life. Lord, so we pray that as we lift up the name of Jesus in this property, Lord, that you will draw all men to yourself, that you will save many, Lord, not only in this property, but beyond, Lord. So, Lord, we sanctify this property, and we ask, Lord, that you will allow your Holy Spirit to just dwell here, 
that we, Lord, will enjoy your presence and enjoy one another and enjoy your work. So thank you, Lord. We give you praise and glory. We sing hallelujah to you, Lord. And Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.